Here I am, it's me, John Park. Thank you for standing by during technical difficulties. I had a, a software downgrade into a previous version of my broadcast software, and I had screwed up some of the uh, restream settings. So now, it looks like we're in good shape. Uh, and thank you to Noe for uh, posting up some settings for me to uh, have as a backup. But uh, it looks like we're good to go. Yeah, all right, so uh, let's get this started. Uh, first of all, um, how about we mention a couple of little housekeeping details, such as, did you know that we've got the Adafruit Jobs board? And uh, I know some people might be uh, out there looking for work. This is a great place to go to post up your uh, resume. And uh, if you're looking to, uh, to find some excellent people, look at this. This is the jobs.adafruit.com uh, site. And on it, we have a whole bunch of uh, people who've posted their uh, resumes, including engineers of various kinds, um, and uh, embedded designers, art and graphic design, full stack web development. So if you're looking for uh, someone to uh, do some work for you, it could be full-time, could be part-time, could be remote, uh, this is a really great place to go and look, uh, is what I say. Um, Let's see, I'm gonna check, we've got some beeping noises, and hey, that's people saying hi over on Discord. Uh, so, before I check in with them, there you go, there is the help wanted sign. Go, post your info there or go, go find someone. You might, uh, you might find someone to do some work. Uh, all right, so, yeah, how about that Discord? Do I have a Discord window? I'm gonna pop one up, let's see, let me, let me fix this. I did a little changeover of software, so, so we'll do a little catching up here. Uh, and what is, what is, uh, I don't know what's beeping at me. Could be the comment section. Hi. Hi, comment section. All right, let me try to pop in a uh, Discord window. How about right here we'll put one. All right, let me add that. Uh, 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 uh. A screen capture, a new screen capture. That'll probably go to a black hole in a second here, but we can fix that. Let's do a window. And uh, we'll grab Discord. Where are you? All right. Let's throw that over there. I can make that smaller, I think. Everything's defaulting to Big O Vision. Yeah, it's fun switching over your, your software. <laughs> uh, some of it, the only way to test it is just to go live and see what happens. There's the Discord chat. Uh, I'll make that a little smaller for you. 
And let's bring one up that I can read. Yeah, so hi, uh, Jim Hendrickson, Janisku, uh, Andy Calloway, C. Grover. Oh, good, we've got a good voice level, negative 6 dB peak. Uh, Charles Bernard Ford, Batambale, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome. Uh, all right, so next up, how about a product pick of the week? So for the product pick of the week this week, I have selected this lovely microcontroller screen all-in-one device. It's the Pi Portal Titano. This is the big one. We have three different sizes of Pi Portal. This is the big, huge one. Uh, I think this is a 3.5-inch 480 by 320 pixel. Let's check that. Let me, let me pop over in the product page there. Uh, and it says on here, three and a half inch diagonal, and it's, yeah, 420 wide by 320 high. Uh, and I like to build a little uh, quick mini project using the product pick of the week. And for this week, I've built uh, a pretty cool little display uh, mod to a giant tape recorder. So this was actually sent in by a viewer, uh, and I have not yet had time to, to fix it up. I think it has a belt that has disintegrated, but I just used it as a cool, funky case for the Titano. And let me get the glare out of there. Look at that beautiful display. I'm playing on it a uh, GIF animation. I converted a video into a GIF animation from an upcoming video game that was a crowdsourced game called Narita Boy that looks super, super awesome. And I figured this was a cool retro uh, 80s, late 70s maybe, uh, style tape recorder, field recorder, if you can believe it, uh, to, to mount that into. But there's the, the Titano. I'm not um, using its touchscreen for much of anything. I only have one GIF on there. I'm not using all of its bazillions of sensors and capabilities. But it is a heck of a cool screen, gorgeous looking screen. Look at that thing. Uh, and I thought that that was a fun way to show it off. So that is uh, a very easy to load project. We have a web, a, uh, a learn guide that has some quick start UF2 files, which means you can plug that in, double click, drag over a quick start UF2 file and it will run that pre-compiled software for you. And uh, you also put a GIF or multiple GIF files into the GIFs directory and it kind of takes care of all the rest. So it's very easy to get a really cool display going. A lot of times people want to uh, build simple loopers uh, sometimes you want video, you might go with a Raspberry Pi, but uh, to do a very nice animated GIF looper, uh, it's hard to, hard to beat the Pi portals, and the Titano is just titanic. It's huge. Uh, so that's my product pick of the week. That's the Pi Portal Titano. Uh, and you might have some questions. Actually, I'll, I'll take a little extra second here to, to explain some stuff about the setup that I built. Um, I'm going to pop into a bench cam. Uh, one of the benefits, by the way, of switching over to the previous version of uh, my streaming software, Wirecast, close that for now, uh, is that I now have my uh, camera switcher working again, my little hotkeys, um, so I can go between uh, the views pretty easily once again. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and is that the me view? I don't know which view. Oh, that's, that's not the camera I expected for that one. Oh, of course I have to set things up right, but, um, so 
uh, for this setup to work out, I actually needed a little bit more clearance for the USB power. Uh, you can power it a bunch of different ways, but I went with one of the easier ones, which is using USB. This is a USB-C port here, and my cables were too big, so I used uh, one of the little DIY ribbon uh, USB connector setups. This is a right-angled, up-angled, I think it's called, uh, micro B connector to C adapter, and then this little ribbon cable running back to a, another adapter that goes to micro B uh, socket so I could plug in a simple uh, battery uh, LiPo phone battery in there. So uh, that's my setup there. Uh, you know, it might be kind of fun to do, since we have the Stemma connectors on here that we could use for uh, dealing with some I.O. pins, it might be fun to actually have things like pausing a GIF, going to the next GIF, playing uh, using the original cassette controls. I'm not sure if I'll do that or not, or I may just try to get this working as a, as a cassette player, which would be more more interesting, I think, because uh, look at those meters. Uh, all right, but that is my, my pick of the week. There it is, the beautiful Pi Portal Titano, just sort of stuck into a cool-looking case. And uh, you might kind of consider it like a video boombox to walk around your cyberpunk neighborhood circa 1982. That's something you could consider. All right. Uh, let's see. Now, what do we got? What's happening here? Uh, let me pull some of those out. Yeah, I think I'll deal with the weird, I've done some weird camera, uh, some hotkey assignments. I think it's because I also started using this, uh, little guy for, for some hotkey stuff and has more buttons than that other one, so. It's a continuous evolution, the process of live streaming. Uh, by the way, I uh, did a Maker Faire, Miami Maker Faire last Saturday. I did a whole session about my streaming setup and, and my workshop. So some people have asked me before about doing a uh, workshop tour. If you want to go check it out, go check that out. Unfortunately, due to some settings, I was streaming this uh, setup into a virtual camera in Zoom. And I think that, uh, or my lack of knowledge about the Zoom camera setup, caused it to be uh, small. So it's not a, not a very high resolution one. Uh, so maybe I'll reshoot some some tour stuff sometime uh, in higher res. But go check that out. It's on the Miami Maker Fair YouTube channel if you want to see it. Uh, all right. I think this is a really excellent time to check out the Make Code Minute. All right, so for the Make Code Minute today, uh, let's bring in a few different views of things there. There we are. Uh, so for the Make Code Minute today, I decided to build a door knock sensor. And this was actually a uh, suggestion given to me by Todd Kurt. He said, sometimes I think I hear the door uh, has been knocked on, but then I'm not quite sure if it was just some other sound or ghosts or who knows what. Uh, so what about a sensor that lets you know definitively was the door knocked on? So that's the idea with this. Watch when I knock on the table here. My Circuit Playground Express will, oh, if it's working, let me knock a little harder. Oh, I need to reset it. All right. Oh, that's not, that's not a fixed there. Okay, we'll reset that. Okay, here we go. Okay. 
So what I'm using is the accelerometer on board, and it is, I have it actually, since, since the orientation is with Z up, I have it reading the Z accelerometer um, uh, settings or values, and then when you knock, there's enough of a vibration, uh, even on this, this maple table, that it moves the device enough to cause the accelerometer to change beyond a threshold that I've set. Uh, so here's how this works inside of make code. Um, you'll see that I've got, at start, I'm reading the uh, Z value, acceleration in uh, milli milligravities, microgravities, I think it says right there, doesn't it? Milligravities uh, on the Z axis. And there's a little handy guide on your um, Circuit Player on Express that shows you the different axes of the accelerometer. Uh, and I'm logging that to the console uh, I'm also setting a variable called knock Z to be the sort of starting point. So this is going to usually be around negative 1024, uh, roughly gravity pulling down on it fully on Z. Uh, if I turn on the um, console here, this is a really good way to figure out which way is which and what values matter to you when you're using the accelerometer. Uh, so you can see here, when I knock, it goes down to, uh, in this case, negative 784, and then it's gonna return after a couple seconds back down to about negative 1040, it says actually. Um, so knowing those things, once I tested those, I now set up this forever loop uh, so that it checks if the accelerometer value is greater than the original negative 1024-ish value, plus 28. That seemed like a reasonable threshold for me. It might change depending on what surface you're on. And you can figure it out really easily looking at that graph, especially if you don't have big delays in there like I do. Uh, but I didn't want to get double false hits, so I've created some delays in there. And what happens when I knock and the knock value moves it, we log that value so we can see it on the graph. We set the pixels to red, I play a little beeping tone, and then I pause for three and a half seconds, uh, and then I reset the uh, starting point. So when it drops back down, it will uh, allow us to have a, a clean threshold uh, for the next knock. And then I also got this little switch set up to turn the volume on and off so it'll stop beeping. And I'm getting some false hits probably because I'm vibrating the table here a little as I move. Um, but that is how you can create a knock sensor using the Circuit Playground Express inside of Make Code. And that is your Make Code Minute. Very useful, that one, I think. Um, and so imagine if you are going to use this on a door, you'll switch uh, which axis you're using. Uh, and you can use this in any orientation, because we have x, y, and z accelerometer values that we can read. Um, so uh, neat, uh, neat request. Thank you, Todd. And if anyone ever has uh, requests for topics you'd like to see or projects you'd like to see built uh, on the Make Code Minute, go ahead and let me know inside the Discord. Uh, and I am happy to, um, to take suggestions. Uh, all right, so let's see, what do we have next? Um, I think we're ready to get into the project of the week, yeah? So let's pop back to that, uh, that camera view over there. And I'll uh, go to a little small view here. I and mean, I love that Narita Boy uh, animation. I'm, I'm hooked on that, so that's going to stay. Uh, just move that over there. And... What I have is a little uh, Pelican case, or knockoff Pelican case, and I'm going to go ahead and turn on 
the project that lies within. You probably saw a, um, a sneak peek of this if you watch uh, Show and Tell on Wednesday nights on Adafruit. Uh, an excellent hour of people showing off really interesting projects and, and works in progress and things that they're, they're up to. Uh, and since I knew I wanted to show this uh, little matrix project and it had a few parts to it and I hadn't really clamped on my LED plastic yet, uh, I decided to put it into this little uh, case just to kind of make it easier for me to, to manage and deal with. Uh, and what you can see there, let me flip it over, is that when I open up the uh, case, not unlike the uh, mysterious briefcase in Pulp Fiction, we've got uh, something glowing from within, which is the current price uh, or current value of Bitcoin expressed in US dollars. So that, as of somewhere in the last three minutes, is the value of Bitcoin based on the Bitcoin price uh, index. We have a website, and I'll show you how, how we're getting that value, uh, that is being displayed here. It's uh, $11,887, which is up at least $110 since yesterday, if I recall. So this, this thing is, is uh, moving upward gently. Um, and this is updated wirelessly. So what's going to happen is over the course of, of this show, you'll probably see, it's volatile enough, you'll probably see uh, changes in, in the numbers on here. Uh, and the device inside is using Wi-Fi, so it's uh, connected to my access point here in the workshop, which I have fixed since last week, week uh, by the way, and changed all my passwords. Um, and uh, it then will check that value and display the new value. It's using a, uh, as, as you can tell, and as you might have guessed, this is a uh, matrix display. It's a 64 by 32 pixel RGB LED matrix display, the, the same kind that goes into large jumbotrons and billboards and uh, electronic signage. And so there's the, uh, the display itself. And you can see it's connected over power and data. So power on these uh, and, uh, and data over this ribbon cable. And then what I have uh, running the whole thing is there's a, just a battery pack in here. This is a nice phone charger. Actually, this is one from a Maker Faire a few years ago. Uh, New York, I think it was a New York Maker Faire we got these, 2016. And uh, it's a battery bank that's supplying 5 volts at about 2.5 amps. And uh, that's a good, anywhere a little over two amps should be good for this kind of uh, display. This is one of the slightly smaller ones I'm using here, and it um, is not displaying a huge number of pixels. It's, it's probably fewer than a quarter of the pixels or so with this design that I have, and that makes a big difference when you're doing these kinds of projects. By the way, this doesn't flicker in real life, but my camera autofocus is, is uh, having a field day with it, so you'll see as I move it, it, it tries to figure things out. Um, and then this is plugged into a RGB matrix uh, wing or shield here uh, that is Arduino Uno sized, Arduino sized, and that's actually plugged into uh, one of our Airlift Metro M4s. So I'm running CircuitPython on here. And the Airlift has the ESP32 uh, Wi-Fi coprocessor, so we use that for networking and uh, the, uh, the Cortex-M4 is the main chip on there, I'm at, at SAMD51. But it's using the ESP32 in order to handle all of the getting online. So it's going online to my uh, router, my access point. And uh, once it's online, it's able to go and ask the Adafruit I.O. service, the time server, for the time. Uh, and it's able to 
uh, go to the web tracker uh, or the, the Bitcoin tracker website and pull down a JSON file. Uh, in fact, am I using the time on this? I might not even be using it. I, 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 actually, Melissa wrote this code. I'm, I'm, I'm just a steward of her code, but uh, I actually don't believe this one necessarily needs Adafruit.io. Um, and uh, that's about it. Then it's using our matrix uh, portal uh, libraries to do the display stuff as well as some of that network stuff. And then I'm using our, our uh, beloved LED plastic to diffuse that and, and essentially hide the uh, surface, the sort of reflective surface that those LEDs are built into with that plastic. So uh, that is the project of the week. Uh, it's quite a simple one. Uh, it has a few settings for allowing you to change this to display the value in euros and uh, Great Britain pounds. Uh, and I'll show you where you can change those settings and, uh, and how the rest of the code works. So let's head back over to the workstation and uh, we'll, maybe I'll set this up behind me just so we can track that price. And you obviously don't need a, a fancy case for this. You can just use a little stand or mount it however you like, but I'll, I'll set this uh, into a little wire stand like that so you can probably still see that behind me. Let's see when I switch to this uh, view. Yeah, you can kind of see it back there. It's picking up some some light. Uh, but if you got sharp eyes, maybe you'll be able to, to keep track of that or I'll move it. Uh, so let's bring up a, uh, let's see, I need an Atom. That is my uh, text editor I'm using. And I'll add that too. I, as you can tell, when I switched over the uh, software, there's some things I missed, but here we are. We're building it all back together. Uh, so we'll do another screen cap. So sorry, we'll go through this process again. Uh, and let's configure that to be a window, not a whole screen. We'll pick Adam. There we go. Yeah, that's a good choice. And we'll make it a reasonable size. Set this over here, me over there. There you go. Uh, and what you'll see here, I'm going to zoom that text up, um, make that a little easier to read. So what you'll see here is uh, the code is is short. It's it's straightforward and simple. A lot of the heavy lifting is done inside of uh, the Matrix Portal library. Move this over just a little more so you can read that text fully. Uh, there we go. So uh, we're importing just a few libraries time uh, so that we can count down uh, a certain interval to check. We don't want to be checking too frequently. Uh, sometimes websites will, will just um, block you if you ping them too much. So you have to be cognizant of the interval with which you can check a site, you can ping the site without getting into trouble. Uh, overloading their servers. We don't want to do that. So we have time there. Uh, board gives us board pin definition, definitions that we can use for uh, connecting successfully to the shield that we're plugging into. And uh, terminal IO is actually the font that we're using for the uh, number display. Uh, and you know what? Let me, let me see. Should I risk bringing in another camera? Of course I should. Let's uh, add one more view here so we can keep an eye on the price there. That'll be fun. So I'll do, uh, think, capture two, maybe. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, that one should work. 
and we'll just place that uh, sign under there again. There we are. Uh, oh yeah, it's gone up, right? I think that's a couple dollars up since we started. Exciting. Uh, anyone got any Bitcoin? Don't tell me. I don't wanna know if you bought it for $5. Okay, so the, uh, there you can see, yeah, that's the terminal IO font. You could pick a different font. This one uh, is really nice in this case, I think. Um, and sorry, it's gonna, I know it's gonna do some focusing, um, some fun focusing issues. Let's pull off the plastic. Does that help? Maybe a little bit. Um, but the terminal I.O. is very simple, clean, works well on this display at this size. Uh, then you can see we've got the uh, matrix portal library that we're bringing in so that we can do the network stuff and the display stuff with it. Then we have a currency uh, uh, variable here that we're setting to USD. And then later you can see the way that our text is laid in uh, depends on USD, Euro, or uh, pounds. So you can pick one of those three here and you can modify this code to do other currencies if you wanted to. Uh, then here's the data source. It's this API for Coindesk, coindesk.com. And if you take this URL right here, copy that, and let's uh, look at a Firefox session for a second squeeze this thing a little bit smaller. Uh, there we go. So here is when you go to that, uh, enter that URL, load that URL here. I'll redo that. Uh, it will bring in the JSON file here, which is a key pair uh, data structure. And this just allows us to uh, neaten it. This is code beautify that I'm using. And in here, if I look at, there's a key for BPI or category, and then below that it has USD, GBP, and Euro. Uh, you could do your own math uh, if you wanted to change to others, but Coindesk just does it in these three currencies, apparently. Uh, and here we see, this is the current value, 11892.5. Um, so I think that should probably round to 11892. or 11893 right now. Is it at three? Uh, no, it hasn't yet, but that might, that might be lagging behind uh, within the three-minute window. Uh, so let's bring that view back so you can look. Uh, so that is our data source that we're using. Uh, and the data location is telling it where in that file to grab things from BPI, currency, and rate floats. So that's a hierarchy uh, within the JSON file. And the thing we want is that rate flow for the uh, rate float float value of the rate for the currency that we're using. Uh, then we have a little setup for grabbing a graphic. So this sets the uh, current working directory. We're just using the root of the uh, Metro M4. And then the matrix portal uh, object is created and we set it with a URL. So you can see the matrix portal library, this command actually is prepared to go to a certain URL, to a certain path for a JSON file. Uh, then we're also st setting things like uh, NeoPixel status and the uh, background that we're going to use. Uh, and then, since this is in debug mode, if I were plugged into the computer here, we could look at the serial output as well. Then we're using the matri matrix portal's display uh, commands to add text, and we're just adding that line uh, using the terminal IO font. 
giving it a position, which you can fine tune depending on your graphic that you're using. Uh, a text color, which actually changes later, it's black at first. Uh, and a text transform, which is where it's gonna get moved to. Then uh, we're preloading a few glyphs. Uh, this is the dollar sign and the numbers, zero through nine. Uh, and then that also preloads the euro and the pound symbols. And that just makes it faster when we switch to a, a number, it goes there immediately rather than if it's the first time a nine has shown up, we don't have to wait for that delay. Um, and then if we look at uh, the main loop of the program, what we're doing is inside of try, which means if it fails, we can, uh, we can throw, throw an error out. Uh, inside of try, the value is the matrix portal fetch. And matrix portal fetch is what's gonna go to the data source and the data path and yank out the info, grab the info that we want to um, place inside of the, the text line. And uh, this is part of our debugging. It'll tell us what the, the value is that came back. And uh, if not, then it will um, show an error that's, that's uh, something, something bad occurred and it's gonna retry. And then we have our wait period, which here is set to three minutes. So you can adjust that if you want. So um, that is very straightforward. Uh, it, it was, I think, um, probably pretty quick for Melissa to write. It was very quick for me to implement on this, make some fresh uh, graphics just based on uh, the, the bit depth, color bit depth we have, some, simplify some things, and uh, uh, based very much on a PyPortal project that we did about a year, maybe a, more than a year ago, uh, doing the same sort of thing, showing, showing Bitcoin. So uh, what, we're, what we're aiming for is it to be very easy to move between uh, PyPortal and Matrix Portal projects. Obviously, there are differences in the types of um, graphics and display that you can use given, given the number of pixels is uh, limited but it also makes for great uh, big displays. As you can see, I still got my big clock back there from last week, so I'm really loving these uh, displays, and, and uh, it makes it great to do these types of info, uh, info projects. So uh, let's see. We can, uh, you know what we can do? Let's go ahead and plug this into USB here now, and uh, I think we'll probably have enough uh, power over USB to drive this thing. If not, I can plug it into an external uh, power supply that'll give me uh, two and a half amps or, or more if needed. And uh, I'll go to the down shooter for this view. How about, uh, yeah, there's a down shooter. And uh, let me plug, I'm gonna unplug this now, power it, power it off and I'm gonna plug in my USB. So we'll see, if this gives us trouble, I'll grab a, a power supply. Uh, and that's because the, um, we can use both data over this USB port and we can uh, power uh, off of this DC plug. So let's see. Okay, so far so good. Zoom out just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it looks like it might make it. There we go. That was pretty fast. Uh, yeah, boy, that price keeps going up. Okay, so now if we uh, bring in the, uh, where are we? Adam here, Let me over there. Um, you could use Moo for this as well, which we recommend, it's very straightforward. I actually very recently added a terminal um, extension to 
atoms so that I can do terminal stuff in here as well. So if I open this up, I can use screen uh, to go and, and uh, read the output of that device. Uh, one, one, five, 200. Oh, you know what? I think it's, I'm gonna unplug my camera switcher so I don't have to figure out which one is which of the possible uh, TTY USB devices. There we go. <clears throat> and we can reload this. So you can see here's the output. It's uh, initializing the display in the background and now it's connecting to my Wi-Fi access point. Uh, and there it goes. That's the, I can make this a little bigger. That's the uh, debug output of pulling in that, that um, uh, JSON file and then parsing through it. Um, you can see some of those variables getting set. Here's the rate float. Uh, and then uh, that's for Euro there. Uh, pound sterling is there somewhere and dollars up here. Uh, and then it's making the text area with the string uh, and, and there's our um, output. So now we're up to $11,888. Uh, so if we wanna change that uh, to read a different currency, we'll go up here. I actually haven't tried this yet, but I'm, I'm confident it'll work. We'll go to euros now. Uh, and I'll just resave this file. Uh, and I may need to kill the screen session and then start a new one. When you resave the file, um, often the screen uh, serial connection is severed kind of unceremoniously. So There I'm just hitting Control C and Control D to, to cancel to the prompt in CircuitPython and then reload. Uh, okay, so now, yeah, is that the Euros? Output? No, that looks like it's doing dollars. I don't think it saved. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill my screen session and then save. We'll see how that does. Oh, huh. this is not the file that, uh, this is not the file that's on disk. Let's copy that. All right, so I'm gonna open up the code.py that's actually on my CircuitPython device. That'll help us a lot. Okay, so now we have uh, saving with Euro value onto this uh, device. Go back to screen. And, uh-oh, what have I broken? Uh, you know what, I'm gonna undo, yeah, you know what, there's, there's, a, there's a change in my file versus that one on disk. I'm gonna save, so this is back to the original one that was on that disk. I think that, that one I copied and pasted had, had one line change that uh, Melissa gave me to fix a bug. All right, so we'll save this. Yes. This time, crossing fingers, it should go grab that uh, euro value instead. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, so there it is in euro, 10,021 euro. Uh, and now if we wanna see it in pounds, GBP, hit save. And yeah, it's, you know, it's surviving the save file because <laughs> I'm actually saving the file of the disk and it's relaunching this, this screen session, which is great. Uh, makes it really uh, iterative. 
And there we go. In pounds, uh, we're at 9,073. Uh, looks like I need to adjust my uh, spacing. So this is something I hadn't done. Um, what we would do is either we could try to write something that's clever and, and uses the bounding box, uh, sort of like we did with the uh, clock. Uh, but since I'm just being a little lazy and manually setting them here, uh, we can make a, a set of them that are uh, based on like an if statement of which, which um, currency we're looking at. So here in, uh, where is it? Where is my, here it is, text position. Uh, so we could make this text position be dependent, uh, conditional on which currency we're using. Um, just for, for now, what I'll do is comment that one out, copy and paste, and we'll push this out a little bit, uh, how about, uh, let's see if 36 pixels. And you can count the pixels on here. There's not a lot of guessing. These, these, these are big enough that you can say, well, my glyph is one, two, three, four, five wide plus a space six, uh, and I'm missing the dollar sign right here, so moving that out six spaces would, would do well. Uh, and when I'm, uh, let's see, that'd be 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. So 32 ought to look nice. Push it out a little further too if we want to uh, justify it more to the right. Actually, should be 33, right? Uh, let's push that out. Oh, it looks like it's not doing the uh, the pound symbol properly. Let's see. Maybe that. Maybe that is. Uh, I'm glad I'm doing this now because I need to test this before I put out a guide. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's grabbing the uh, pound symbol. Is it? No, it's not. Let's see, did it do it with Euro? Dun, dun, dun. Let's see. And I wonder if it's this uh, preloading issue here. Let's give it a, let's give it a moment too. Um, but I'm curious about this use of this ASCII or this hex value for preloading those fonts. I wonder, can we just put the symbols in? They're up there for the copying. Let's take that. Uh, where's our preload here? So I'm just adding that uh, sort of more conventionally to the preload font. Yeah, it does. Nope. All right. Something's up with that. All right. If hey, Melissa, if you're watching, uh, or if anyone in the chat knows, uh, please let me know what is uh, what is going on with uh, euros and pounds. That's a mystery. All right. Well, I have a good uh, excuse because I think in dollars, so I'm going to switch mine back. Uh, let's head here to. Set it to dollars. Uh, you could also probably make a version of this that sort of tiles between them. You can get fancy with it. But I thought, it, uh, like I said, I like these projects when they're simple and just kind of do one thing well, which is a, uh, a display of your Bitcoin value in dollars. So let that reboot. And uh, let me know if you have any questions or thoughts over in the chats. I'll, I'll pop into the... Uh, chat over on the Discord. 
Yeah, Jim Hendrickson, you're right. If it goes to six digits, we need a new graphic. This is true. Uh, all right, there we are at 11,874. Yeah, what did we get up to? 11,888, right? So it's dipped back down a little bit. Um, <laughs> Todd says the apparent flickering of the LED panel gives it that extra cyberpunk feel. That's right, you want a little bzz, bzz. Uh, That might, I'm curious on this camera. Every camera is different based on its, its sort of refresh rate and if it's trying to autofocus. Um, that does like a little something kind of funny there, but I don't think I can, I don't think I can tune that uh, on that particular camera. Uh, it's not that in focus either, is it? It's hard to tell. There we go. Uh, all right, well, that is it. That's going to do it for today. I hope you uh, enjoyed the Bitcoin tracker, and, uh, and I'll be uh, working on a guide for that, putting that out very soon. Uh, and uh, I... Uh, like I say, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, uh, comments, questions, head on over to Discord chat. I'll be hanging out in there for a little while after the show. Uh, if you have any thoughts on future segments, projects, uh, make code minutes, let me know. I'm always uh, uh, interested to hear what people want to see. Uh, and with that said, I'm going to call it. So thank you so much for stopping by today. Oh, my gosh, I've done it again. I, <laughs> I almost forgot the uh, arcade game pick of the week, and it's a good one. Okay. Rewind. Pretend we just did the Make Code Minute. I don't know how I forgot this one. I think it's because I've moved graphics around. Um, so Make Code Arcade Game of the Week. Yeah, sorry, you thought the show was ending, didn't you? It's not. Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week. Uh, this is a really lovely one. This is called Harry Potter Quidditch Seeker. Uh, and this is by Omnis Imperium. And if you click on the link there in the forum.makecode.com arcade channel, uh, you can check out the game here. Like I caveat, uh, sometimes the frame rate is a lot faster for me than it is uh, on the stream here. Uh, but you can see I am a Harry Potter, a tiny little uh, seeker on a broom. And I am avoiding bludgers, and I need to catch that snitch. And every time I catch the snitch, I'm awarded 150 points for... Uh, Gryffindor. Oh, gosh, I've gotten creamed. My health is going way down. Uh, uh, I'm going to get creamed here just to end it. And, okay, I won't. I can't be killed. Uh, there, there. Oh, almost. I'm almost out of health. See the little status bar on the top there that tells me my health? Ah, there we go. And there's my, my game over. So I thought this was really uh, lovely, really well done. Uh, fun gameplay. Simple, uh, sort of deceptively simple. Uh, one thing of note, uh, if you look in, this is the code for the game. Uh, that big block there is the music, actually. It plays the Harry Potter theme, which is uh, really nice. If you take a look at this sprite, I love the, the snitch sprite. It has, oh, I've drawn on it by accident here. Let me, let me fix that. Um, can I? I think I've, there we go. I, I screwed up the, the drawing there. Let's uh, erase that little white mark there. That's not there. I didn't do that. That's not there. Uh, there we go. So this is inside the sprite editor in the animation uh, frames. On the right, you can add frames of animation to a sprite, and you can uh, even do a little play demo of it there so we can see. Oh, I'm not showing you to this. I didn't show you any of this. <laughs> I bet you're all screaming at me in the chat. <laughs> all right, take two. Let's back this way up. Let's see. Let's see. I bet you're curious to see. Does he do it the same way uh, both times? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up this this uh, screwed up drawing here and we'll start it all over again. Uh, let's stop the playback. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a little dot blipping. Okay. So let's go back and 
Pretend none of that ever happened. Let's reload the game. It's like doing, uh, going to see a show on a live studio audience, right? All right, uh, yeah, so for the Make Code Arcade game pick of the week, allow me to show you my Chrome browser where my pick of the week this week is Harry Potter Quidditch Seeker. And this is by Omnis Imperium. I found this on the Microsoft forum.makecode.com in the arcade channel. And I love this game. It is super uh, charming and fun to play. I am a tiny little Harry Potter on a broom there. I'm a seeker. And I'm trying to catch that snitch and not get hit by bludgers. Uh, So you've got to move quick. You've got uh, up, down, left, right. And ah, that guy missed me just by a hair. Uh, You can see I have a status bar at the top that shows my health. And I'm awarded 150 points for Gryffindor every time I catch that Snitch. Uh, Also pay attention to the really charming flapping wings animation on the snitch there. Uh, I will mention the frame rate is much faster uh, in real life than it is on this live stream. It just streams weird. Uh, I am seeing some slowdowns there for some reason. So let's take a look at the code for this. Um, If I click on edit code, we can look at this uh, made in blocks. This on start block contains uh, the sprite building for the bludgers, for the uh, adorable little golden snitch, as well as Harry Potter on his broom there. That's, that's the lovely, simple little graphic for that, which I adore. Uh, and check this out. I, I think this is so cute. If you look at the uh, animation setup for this uh, sprite here, you can... Let me zoom out and in. Something, something has gone weird with my interface there. Oh, there it is. Uh, I've drawn all over it now, but you can see uh, there's just two frames of animation that do the wing flapping. Let me fix my little uh, mistake there. Can I, I can edit that out, right? Do some undos. There we go. Uh, Here you can see the little flapping animation, uh, and that's just these two frames repeating over and over again, which is adorable. Uh, And then the rest of the game is really uh, straightforward. It uses a lot of clever Uh, all in one blocks, like keeping things in screen, bouncing off of the uh, edges of the screen uh, is how the bludgers are moving. Uh, Every time you die or you pick the snitch, there's just a quick random call to a a new position for those. And then the the character sprites just give us a version that's to the left, to the right, uh, down, rocketing towards the ground, and up. So very... uh, Simple, but elegant, I would say. Really effective, fun game. Uh, Go check it out. That's my Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. Uh, It is Harry Potter Quidditch Seeker by Omnis Imperium. And that is your Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. Oh, I've got the wrong screen up. Let's let's pop that back on there. There we go. Uh, And that is your Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. Shoo! Now we're actually done, huh? All right, it must be the heat, right? That's, that's what I'll blame. I'm melting in the heat here. Uh, all right, well, that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for uh, coming to watch the uh, somewhat zany episode of John Park's Workshop. I will see you next Thursday, and I'll be hanging out over in the Discord for a little bit if you want to chat. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.